This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 56, Cutting Alcohol. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. friend. Welcome to another episode of the show. This episode is an interesting one. We're talking about cutting alcohol and I share my story about how I've cut alcohol and why I've done it. And I have a panel in essence of three clients of mine who too have cut alcohol in this past year. Now, some of us drink just like one drink on occasion and others of us have completely given up alcohol altogether. So this episode is for you if you've ever wondered what life on the other side of alcohol is like. I used to think that people were crazy and weird and just like super conservative if they didn't have alcohol in their lives. I thought, you know, my relationship with alcohol wasn't that big of a deal. I you know, would have drinks to relax and to have fun. And I just started to open my eyes more and more as to how alcohol was impacting me in what seemed like really small ways, but it ended up being much bigger ways and what life is like on the other side of that. And my clients talk about their aha moments with alcohol as well, and then their transition into cutting alcohol. I know this may seem like a really weird topic in some ways, or at least it did to me when I first started hearing other coaches saying that they weren't drinking anymore. I was like, not even turned on or (laughs) turned on, not the right word, but I wasn't even like interested in listening to those episodes. Like why would anybody do that? That's just like extreme kind of behavior. So the fact that you're even here and listening is a step in the right direction. And I will tell you, it's not like, you know, people who aren't drinking or sit around judging people who are. It's just like we've just decided we're kind of done with it. You know, it's kind of like when you have a boyfriend or a relationship and you get some space from that person for a while and you realize, oh my gosh, they're a bit more toxic than I realized. And um, then you start improving your life even more and you're like oh yeah that's like even more toxic than I realized that's how I feel with alcohol so I'm interviewing three of my clients today the first is Judy Eichhorst Judy is also a coach she and I actually met in gosh 2014 so six years ago at this point my goodness in coach training and we've just stayed connected ever since We're just one of those few people who have stayed connected in our cohort. 
And then the other two ladies here, one of which was on the Unstoppable podcast already, it's Shelly Criswell. And if you haven't heard her story on the podcast about her coaching journey, it's one you definitely want to listen to. I'll link to it in the show notes. But she talks about how she's lost like over 50 pounds and how she went from working all the time to now having the freedom to make her own hours and all these amazing things that she's done. But a little side piece of her growth with coaching was this cutting alcohol thing. And then Rebecca, her and I started coaching a year ago and she just actually wrapped up coaching with me, at least actively. Now she's kind of just passively coaching with me. And um, Rebecca's journey is a really fun one too. I've been waiting for her to kind of bloom just a little bit more before we share her story because her story is one where we had to do a ton of internal work and it just seems like for a while she wasn't getting the results she wanted but she just kept saying I know that I will and I just keep digging away and digging away and she's starting to cross over and get more external results which is so fun and um, one of these kind of less little results that you know, was unexpected was cutting alcohol. So for all of these women, myself included, we didn't go into coaching or anything in our life saying, yes, I want to cut my alcohol intake. Whereas I do have some other clients that come to me, especially with consults I've been getting lately. I don't know if Corona is bringing up stuff for people, but who are saying my alcohol intake is a problem. I'm just drinking more and more to a point where I'm gaining weight and I'm just starting to see that I'm really avoiding my feelings here. So that is a goal through coaching and maybe a couple months down the road, we'll have them on the show and talk about it. But this interview was so much fun to record. I hope you love it. I hope you get some ahas and some insights and it just opens your mind to seeing that cutting alcohol isn't as hard as you think and life on the other side of it is actually way better. Who would have ever thought? I certainly would have never thought that. So enjoy this interview. All right. So I've got Rebecca, Judy, and Shelly here. And today, as I said in the intro, we're going to talk about cutting alcohol and why all of us have cut alcohol in some sort of way in our lives and what that has opened up for us and all that fun stuff. So we have a lot to cover today. And um, I really want to give the mic to them so they can share their stories. And then I'll share my story after they share theirs about why I started to cut alcohol in my life, because it kind of relates to somebody um, else's story along the way. So that's where we want to go first, ladies, is, you know, what was your relationship with alcohol like before coaching? Kind of give us a glimpse throughout the years of your life of what that looks like for you. And even if it changed over the years, because I know mine did definitely from the college years onward. Um, so Judy, I'm going to start with you and you kind of just share with us what that journey looks like for you. Okay. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for, for having me. Uh, gosh, my relationship with alcohol has been, oh, almost like a, a roller coaster of stuff for me. It, it, it's been huge for me. I, I started drinking what I would consider fairly young, um, certainly before I was legally able to do it. And alcohol started as a way of really honestly abusing it. Um, it wasn't a grown up, you know, let me have a glass of wine with dinner kind of thing. It was drinking to get drunk. And it started young. And although it wasn't a constant thing, 
by the time college came, it was. And we did a lot of binge drinking. It was terribly detrimental to those years of my life, as well as into my 20s, you know, really clear up until I had uh, children at age 30. Um, Then it became more of a very moderate thing, but it was a constant part of my life. So uh, by the time I was in coaching, I had really moderated my drinking down to it being a daily habit, but there was just no getting drunk anymore. Uh, Getting drunk had gone away a long time ago, but it was still a daily habit. And it was something that I did um, at, as a, uh, as a social thing, you know, go out to dinner, go to a, you know, brother, go to a movie where you can have a beer while you watch a, a movie. Um, it was a way, you know, if I had people over, I immediately offered them, you know, some sort of a beer or told them to bring the things they like to drink. Um, it was just part of my life. And it was certainly something I did daily at five o'clock to transition from work to my regular life. And a lot, it had gotten really to the point where it was, you know, probably just one. Um, some nights too, but I mean, it, it was very moderate, but it was every day. So that was the way it was. I saw it as a way to relax, a way to transition, a way to connect with people and definitely a way to numb um, if I'd had a hard day or something had happened that didn't make me feel real great. Um, as I said, you know, a moderate, very moderate amount of alcohol, but still done habitually. Yeah. So you have to just go there with you as tell everybody what your relationship with alcohol is like now and what your aha moment was about your relationship with alcohol. Oh, oh my goodness. It has changed so much. I mean, the first thing I can say, it just feels so good to say it is the freedom that I have broken that relationship with alcohol. It had gotten to a place where it just was a bad relationship. I mean, if you've ever been in a, in, a, in a friendship that wasn't healthy or a dating relationship that wasn't healthy and you finally break it and you just feel so much freedom, that is exactly what I feel from it. Um, I realize how addictive it is now. I realize um, how the industry's advertising has been highly misguided over all the years, you know, to make us see it as something that's so, you know, you know, they only show the upside, they don't show the downside. And, you know, that this, this thing of freedom has just been huge. My aha, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time for health reasons, being a coach myself, um, it doesn't feel real congruent to me, because I, I, I believe in having a really, really healthy lifestyle, a healthy body, a healthy mind. Um, but the real big aha was on um, a, a retreat that I went on, you know, within the programs of coaching with you, Lindsay, and being there and realizing how angry I truly was with the people in my life when I was really young, when I was in uh, high school, college, my 20s angry with the people that didn't help me, that didn't sit me down and, uh, and uh, intervene because there were so many bad decisions made in my life because of, of alcohol relationships I, that weren't healthy for me, um, including marriages. And so um, I just noticed how angry I was with those people and how sad I felt for 
my younger self who sometimes would speak up and say, I think alcohol is a real problem for me. And everybody that kept saying to me, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. There's so many people that drink so much more. You're, you're fine. You're making a big deal out of this. Um, and it was, I just sat there. I can remember exactly where I was sitting last summer. And I said, oh my gosh, I was the advocate in my son's life that got him clean and sober. And I'm so sad that there wasn't somebody that did that for me. And I've already done it for him. I could do it for me. And I seriously did this to really heal my younger self within me and make me a stronger woman for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I remember that Judy, when you came back from that weekend and you, cause that wasn't even on the radar at all of alcohol and your relationship with that. And we were working on totally other things. And then you came back and you said, Lindsay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I realized it was mm-hmm. all related to alcohol. Yes. Remember that? Oh my and gosh. I, yes. And I thought, tell me more. Like tell mm-hmm. me all this. And it just showed too how much you were trusting yourself and how true it felt for you. And that you realized in those moments of this is something that I really need to cut in my life because where you were in your adult life, Judy, it sounded like very, um, almost like a healthier relationship with alcohol that we would perceive it as a society of like, Oh, she has a couple drinks here and there. No big deal. Yeah, I don't. Yes, I don't think that uh, there'd be. Well, there never was. I mean, as I said, even even when I was abusing it, I mean, there was nobody in my life that was ever saying to me, you need to do something about this. And certainly by this age where where, you know, I wasn't getting drunk ever. No, there wouldn't be anybody that would say to me, gosh, that'd be something you could really give up Judy and you'd have a much better life. There was nobody in my life speaking that to me, but my better self, my higher self, my most authentic self did not like it and wanted it changed. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just seems like there was a switch that went off on you. And then that was, it was just done. Like you just cut it. I did cut it. Um, I did cut it, but I don't know if I would say it was done because I continued to have to go through life without it. And uh, I you know, sought out some support for that. There's some really great uh, challenges of, of you know, not drinking for a certain amount of time out there in the world. There's some great books. Um, and I found out that there was other people out in the world that were choosing to give up alcohol uh, for health reasons, for just being better, you know, be in their best self. Uh, it didn't have to just be for um, uh, people that claim, you know, that, that see themselves as alcoholic. And so there was support for me. There was support for me. And I, I took that support. I took that yeah. support. Yeah. Yeah. And what opened up for you too, is starting to feel all the feelings. Yes. And you know, it's been a year and I still feel the feelings and sometimes I don't want to feel them, but what, what a gift to give yourself to, to let yourself feel the feelings. Because if you, every time I covered them up, every time I covered them up, that meant I, I, I didn't deal with them. I wasn't working through them. I wasn't really understanding them. And honestly, because I wasn't drinking a lot of alcohol, I thought, that having the beer helped me get in touch with my feelings more. 
because I could then think about them and process them. But the truth was then I didn't have to feel them. So it was all cerebral. I just moved it from my, the feeling in my body to, oh, let me have a beer and relax my body. And then I'll sit and think about it and feel better about it. But I wasn't moving through the feeling. And I do that now. I do that now. Yeah. And yeah. so in essence, what happened is it started to snowball and all these things piled up. And that's why we had to do things like these two-day releases of yes. we got to get all that crap out. Oh, yes. Because now you can't ignore it anymore. Whereas now, Judy, it sounds like you feel it. It stinks. It doesn't feel good, but you deal with it in the moment instead of it snowballing. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, yes, yes. You know, we're, we're, our feelings are part of the human experience and all these things that we do to try to quit feeling means we are not having the full human experience. And yeah, part of that stinks, but there's a reason for it. And when I got brave enough to have the full human experience, I was, this was something that needed to go. It was the next layer. It was the thing I needed to let go of. Yeah. So good, Judy. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for sharing yeah. your first part of your story. You're welcome. All right, Shelly, I'm going to come to you. So tell us what was Shelly like before coaching? And then what was the aha to change your relationship with alcohol? Oh, Hey, Lindsay. Um, thank you for having me. My journey was very similar to Judy's um, in the beginning. Definitely drank before um, I was legally able to. Uh, it started with my parents' divorce. Um, and I think just rebelling and acting out and not knowing. Um, I didn't have a lot of um, support at home once they divorced. So um, nobody was there to hold me accountable. And it went definitely went into my college years. Um, I had a very bad first marriage, went through a divorce, and then I, I quit once I met my second husband, had kids. Um, it w- I would drink socially, but not, not a whole lot. And then um, into my 30s, I did start drinking more like socially. Um, I'm an introvert, so it would help when going out. It would help me feel more relaxed and, or, you know, after work, if I had a bad day. Uh, much like Judy. So um, not to get drunk anymore, just more to like numb, numb my feelings or help me socially. Yeah. So then, so like Judy, when we were coaching together, Shelly, like alcohol wasn't even on the radar. No, not at all. I remember one session you said, well, I'm not drinking anymore. (laughs) And I was like, what? Tell me more about this. So kind of walk us through what happened there. Yeah, just uh, as, yeah, while I was coaching with you, um, I think it was during when we were learning about distractions. That's the first time I thought, oh, (laughs) I'm using this as a distraction. I never saw it as like anything negative at all. Um, So then that was on my radar. And then just when I realized that I was using that to numb my feelings um, and to keep me from doing things that... I was a little afraid of doing, um, and then I really wanted to get back, um, to being healthy and you can't do that when you're drinking every day. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to quit. So I just quit. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you started losing a ton of weight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause how much you lost what? 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And like a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it snowballs. Once you make that decision, you start making other better decisions, um, you're dealing with your feelings. You're not waking up with a headache. You, I felt more in control. Um, I know Judy talked about freedom and for me, it just, 
I felt a lot more in control of everything. Yeah. Like you think that you're more in control, I think by drinking in some ways, at least this is how I viewed it, even though you lose control, but it's like, oh, okay, well I can control like what I'm taking in because then I will loosen the anxiety and all that. And you're just making it worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So good, Shelly. Okay. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. All right, Rebecca, your turn. All right, Rebecca, walk us through it. Where were you before and where are you now? All right, let's see. So before, similar to uh, Shelly and Judy, I had a very bad relationship with alcohol. Um, early on, actually, I was more of the goody-goody. Uh, so it started when I was 18 and I started traveling abroad and all the other countries that I went to, 18 was the legal drinking age. So it didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Uh, and then on my travels, I would just drink and have fun. And I came back and went to college and binge drinking was the norm. And just all my friends all the time. Uh, sometimes I would miss classes because we would be drinking uh, during the weekdays. Um, after college, it did go down a bit because I had very active jobs um, more in my career field, which is uh, wildlife conservation. So I had to kind of be more and my drinking did go down. Um, however, I started an office job about five years ago and I just got into this habit of come home, open the refrigerator, pour a glass of wine, pour another glass of wine, pour another glass of wine. Uh, I was drinking maybe upwards of a bottle a night. And if work was really stressful, sometimes it would be a little more than a bottle of wine. And I wasn't getting drunk at that point, but it was definitely very much affecting me that night in my sleep and sometimes uh, the next morning. And I felt like I needed it just because work was always stressing me out. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'd like a glass of wine. It's like, oh, I need it. And I'd be thinking about it while I was at work. Like I'm ready just to get home and have that glass of wine and relax. Yeah. Again, Rebecca, you were, you were just like everybody else where alcohol wasn't even on the radar. We weren't even talking about it. And then all of a day, all of a sudden one day on a session, you're like, oh yeah, I'm not really drinking anymore. I was like, what? Because your husband, he works in the alcohol industry, right? He does. Uh, he works at a brewery and he brings home free beer. Luckily I don't drink beer, but he also brings home free cider every month. And so I was drinking that. And then I was drinking my wine while he drank his beer or his whiskey and it I just felt normal. And all our friends were doing that. And we'd go to yeah. happy hour or uh, we'd go to the park and take a bottle of wine with us. And then that would distract me for the whole rest of the, the weekend day. And you know, what's so cool about your story is we could easily have said, oh, well, we got Rebecca out of her job that she didn't like. And so then, you know, it's just so easy for her not to drink, but you're still in the job. I am still in the job. Yes. <laughs> so you're still in the like uncomfortable thing, but yet you don't feel like you need the alcohol anymore. Absolutely. I've gotten uh, control of my anxiety and issues with depression and just my mindset's completely changed. And I don't feel like I need it anymore or even want it, <laughs> which yeah. is amazing because it was like my number one distraction going through uh, the Unstoppable program and even Authentically Awesome. It was wine was number one. Social media was number two. Yeah. And you know what was so interesting is when you started cutting the alcohol more and more because it wasn't overnight. It was like you just kept cutting it more and more. 
then your productivity on other things you really wanted to do started to go up. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because the drinking, it would uh, distract me in the evening. And then the next day I wouldn't feel so good. And they're like, oh, well, I don't feel good. But I'll, I'll do the work tomorrow. And you know, tomorrow never comes. <laughs> it's the same old, same old. Uh, so yeah, once I cut it out and I was getting better sleep, like I was getting probably 10 hours of sleep before just when I was in a bad mindset and drinking. And now I just need the seven and a half to eight hours. I don't need as much anymore. And I'm getting up and I'm energized. It feels great. Yeah. So good, Rebecca. Thank you. So here's my story with it. Um, I didn't start drinking until college. So I was about 17 and because my parents were really strict growing up, like I couldn't get like do anything bad if I wanted to. I just was never allowed out of the house basically. So the second I was out of the house in college, I went crazy. Like that first semester I um, gained like 15 pounds. I was binge drinking all the time. Like I just went wild. And um, the only thing that made me really want to cut the alcohol, even at that point was just because of the weight gain. And really that was because I didn't have the money to buy new clothes (laughs) And so I was like, okay, this is a problem. Like I need to just manage this better. Um, And so I ended up losing a little bit of weight because I ended up starting to wait tables, but still I was able to drink by being able to work out and stay in the clothes that I was in somewhat. And so then I just kept drinking and I just didn't care about school and I was in a sorority and that was just very acceptable to do that. And I felt really out of place at the college I was at. And so the drinking just helped me kind of at least feel somewhat comfortable with that. And then after mid part of college, I just started to cut it more because, um, I just, I just really felt even more out of place, but instead of numbing it with alcohol, I just started to get out of my sorority more and start to really focus in on school. And I kind of saw the bigger picture with things. And then after that alcohol was just kind of there. And I was like, Judy and essence, like, and, and Shelly and even Rebecca is like, we just kind of drink every once in a while. And that was just a socially acceptable thing to do. And then when I started dating my now husband, so I had my divorce. And then when I started dating him, I just felt like so alive and free. And I wanted to be fun again and do all this fun stuff. And so we would have dates and we would drink a lot. And both of him and I are kind of uptight people. And so we used alcohol as a way to, to at least like just kiss each other because nobody was like making a move. And, um, I remember on my 30th birthday, we went to Vegas and we just got so drunk and I woke up the next day, just very sick. And I had to go fly home and I was just so sick on the airplane. And I just decided in that moment, like, I am never getting drunk again. Like, that's the last time I'm ever getting drunk in my entire life. I'm never doing shots again because it's not worth it. And what I realized after that, because I had already done all, some coaching at that point and I was in this high vibe place, is it took me at least a month to detox that amount of alcohol out of my body. I just felt really funky for that month. And I just felt a little depressed and like out of it. And I could just see the impact of that one night and really a weekend, but especially that one night when we got really drunk that it, cause I even blacked out that night. Like that's how drunk I got. Um, and so I decided then I wasn't going to get drunk anymore but then I just would drink. And obviously when I was pregnant or nursing, I didn't, but then once I weaned my son, gosh, 
it would have been um, 20, early 2019, I just started picking up alcohol again and I started drinking here and there. And then Judy actually was around this time when she said, oh, Lindsay, I'm going to cut alcohol. And I had heard other coaches start to do it. And I was like, well, that's great for them, but I'm not doing that. Like, good for you, but I'm not interested in that. I enjoy drinking every once in a while. It's not that big of a deal. I don't see how it impacts me. And then I went on a day date with my husband and it was a Sunday and we never go on a day date, but we ended up having mimosas and I had like three mimosas and then I had to come home parent. And I realized how much alcohol had impacted me because most times you drink at night and then you sleep it off. And I felt it for the whole day. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing to my body. And I'm thinking I'm just sleeping it off, but this is impacting me way bigger than I even ever thought. And again, from that day forward, I was just like, I don't want to drink anymore. Like this is not worth it to me. I'm not interested. I just have no desire. Like my dreams and my goals are worth so much more than this. And from there, like, I just don't really drink anymore. Like I'll have a drink every once in a while here and there, but I don't crave it. I don't want it. It just is almost like having a random cupcake every once in a while. Um, yeah. So it's just completely changed. It totally threw my husband off because he's used to drinking basically every night, at least like a glass of wine. Um, and it's just totally changed my life. So Judy was really the one who like opened my eyes to this whole new way of living and hearing other coaches doing it. And then just starting to feel the effects of it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they're onto something here. Like this is a bigger deal than what I realized, but because it's so socially accepted, you know, we just don't question it. But like everybody has said here, it really impacts your momentum. It impacts your mood in bigger ways than you ever think, because a lot of times you're just in it for so long that you're not used to being out of it. And so you just, it becomes like this warm blanket for you. You don't know the difference. And once you step out and you see the difference, that's when you start to say, whoa, this is a lot bigger than what I thought. So that's my story with alcohol. And it's so funny because I wanted to do this episode for a while, but it was just interesting because Judy was the first one. And to me, she was just like this huge maverick, like, oh my gosh, Judy, look at you, what you're doing. And then Shelly came along and she's like, oh, I'm not really drinking anymore. I'm like, whoa, okay. This is like becoming a thing. And then that's when I started to cut it. And then Rebecca came in and said, oh, Lindsay, by the way, I'm not drinking. I was like, well, we've all got to get on a podcast and talk about this because none of us really intentionally wanted to cut it. And we have, and now on the other side of it, it's just like, we don't even crave it. We don't even want it. We see the benefits of it. And so I, I meet with so many women on consults who want to do coaching and they talk about how much alcohol they're drinking. And so it's still a problem that's out there. And even when I'm going out for mom's night outs and things of that sort, obviously pre COVID, you know, people are like looking at me weird, like, why are you drinking Lindsay? Like, what's wrong with you? And they're using alcohol as a way to escape things. And I'm just thinking, gosh, if you only knew the other side of it. So that's why I want to do this episode today is so you can start to see the other side of it. So hopefully you're seeing that already, but I do want to ask a couple more questions from Judy, Shelley, and Rebecca. And that first question is, you know, what would you say to someone who is drinking often? And I say often is like three or more drinks a week. What would you say about life on the other side? So Rebecca, we'll start with you this time. What would you say? I would say that it's not as big and scary of a decision as you think it is. I mean, it's so ingrained in our society that 
that you just should be drinking all the time. It's on commercials. They, people promote happy hour. It's what you do with your friends. So giving it up seems like this big, scary thing. But once you do it, you're not going to miss it. Um, and you're just going to kind of feel like a whole new person. You're going to be happier and healthier. Um, and just your life's going to change and you're just not going to miss it. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> like you think you are. And really, I think what the most awkward part is, Rebecca, and maybe this is for you too, is just being around other people who drink, but then don't get why you're not drinking. I, I would say so. That was one of my biggest fears. Um, we actually did meet up with a couple friends for the 4th of July, um, socially distanced, of course. Uh, and I was a bit worried about that. And I have been drinking non-alcoholic wine as a kind of substitute for water when I do have a little bit of a craving for some wine. And everyone there was totally okay with it. And I just drank my fake wine and they had their real alcohol and it was no big deal. And you woke up the next day ready to go. I, 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 I did like my husband who broke his foot overnight because he was, (laughs) so we had to take, because he had been drinking and jumped over a fire pit and we had to take him to the doctor the next morning and (laughs) <laughs> so he's been crutching it around. So you bring up another point too, is like when you're not drinking and other people are, you know, there's still like, it's maybe not awkward, but it's still like, I don't know. It just, it's different. Like it's hard to describe it, but it's just different. How would you describe it, Rebecca? Uh, yeah, you definitely, it's a new perspective to see uh, people behaving in certain ways that you realize you were once acting that way as well. So it's kind of uh, eye-opening to see yeah. who they are. Would you rather be behaving in that way now and not going after your dreams? Because I know you're doing a big career up level right now or vice versa. Uh, I would absolutely not want to be drinking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have my like have me. my dreams and drink my fake wine. <laughs> And that's what's so funny is like when you see it in that way, you're like, why did I ever do it? Absolutely. I, I wonder how far along I could have been right now had I not been wasting so much time drinking. Yeah. But the good thing is, is that you're still not doing it, right? Absolutely. That's what we have to focus on. Thanks, Rebecca. All right, Judy, let's go to you. Okay. So, gosh, the other side of not drinking. Um if somebody was considering this as something that they wanted to do, I would just, I would, I just want you to know how much better I feel. I mean, I've had somebody, I've been somebody that suffered with headaches my whole life and being somebody who is a bit prone to headaches, my goodness sakes, to get rid of alcohol gets rid of half of the headaches at least. I mean, I, you know, they're, they're very, you know, headaches are very affected by what we put in our system and alcohol dehydrates you and it it messes with blood sugar. I mean, it does so many different things. So gosh, I just feel so much physically better. The second thing is I have a better memory. Um, I've always prided myself on having a really great memory. And as I've gotten older, I felt like it was sort of like maybe not as keen, as good, as sharp. But since I quit drinking a year ago, and and when I say I quit drinking, I mean, I quit drinking. Like I'm not, I don't drink any alcohol. It's not, oh, I occasionally I have one. I mean, I just, I gave it up. It's, it's over. But 
I can remember things so much better. I remember things about people. I remember what they told me. Um, I don't have to check back on things as much. And as somebody who works with people on a daily basis and several people every day as a coach, this is huge for me to have this back of being so sharp. Um, Another thing I'd say is that there is support out there for you uh, because it might not be easy. Like it might not be for you. It might not be like, oh my gosh, I just made up my mind and I just didn't do it anymore. I, I, I certainly had my moments where it was a struggle and, you know, I wanted, I wanted to drink and I, but I didn't, but I didn't want to go back to drinking. So I guess I would say that realize that there's a lot of support out there that is good and that there are books to read that help you solidify, oh my gosh, there's science behind this stuff of why I feel so much better and why it's better for me to not drink. Um, so gosh, I, um, I just think you won't, you'll, you'll be amazed at giving it up of what opens up for you. Like with the others that, you know, with Rebecca and Shelly talking about, you know, even time opened up for them. Uh, motivation opened up for them, uh, the ability to focus. I mean, these are things that I'm that I'm seeing all the time. And this is, I think this is almost a movement <laughs> that's starting to happen of people saying, hey, this, th- we've sort of been lied to about alcohol in our lives. And I think it's going to start becoming more and more and more people. I, I run into people all the time that are like, I've been thinking about doing this. And when I tell them I've done it, they're just excited because, oh my gosh, there's another person who did this. Um, and I don't think their people are realizing how, how many people are starting to say, hey, this is like a great, healthy choice to do. It doesn't have to be about morals or values or religion. or I mean, it truly is a great choice for you being your best self. Yeah. And Judy, you have some great resources that you found. Can you share some of those and we'll put them in the show notes? Oh, sure. I mean, this Naked Mind is the best book in the world. (laughs) Um, It's written by Annie Grace. And I just, I mean, I I could read that book over and over and over again. But she really debunks a whole bunch of the stuff that we've been fed as to why alcohol is the thing to do of why all the benefits of alcohol and that how it's just a bunch of it's it's a bunch of it's not true it's not true so i would definitely recommend that book she has a i think it's called a 28 day or maybe it's a 30 day uh, free uh, alcohol you know no alcohol challenge and you get emails every day and and you're in a group where other people are doing the challenge with you. So it gives you that support where you get something every single day of a little bit of information. Plus, you can be reading her book at the same time. And then she has things that you can pay for past that if you ever decide to. I joined a thing called One Year No Beer. And it's not just for people who are beer drinkers. It's for anybody. They're overseas. But uh, again, great support. I did a 90, the 90 day challenge when I was about 45 days in because I was sort just sort of starting to go, oh, am I really going to keep this up? Uh, and I joined that and, and did the 90 days. And then I still am in that particular group and can get support at any time I want. One good thing that in these support structures that you see is you really do see the suffering that is going on with people that it's really hard for them to stop. 
So I think in some ways that helps to see how addictive and how, and, and so you, you, it makes me want to be all the more adamant of not just doing this for myself, but being a role model for the world. Everybody gets to make this decision on their own, but if there's somebody that wants to do this, I want to be a role model for them. Yeah. Well, and two, I think it's a big testament to coaching because, you know, some people are like, well, she just decided and then she was done and, you know, must be so easy for them. It's like the reason why it was easier for us to quit is because we dealt with all the emotions that caused us to drink to begin with. We have, oh, we have the yeah, I mean, I found to go back when yeah. we do get triggered and be like, yes, this is uncomfortable. Let me go write this out and do a little healing. <laughs> what, what a great way to word it. Lindsay, is that it's like I didn't need this as my coping mechanism anymore. I had learned so much and grown so much that I was ready to set aside this coping mechanism because I did have a lot of tools that work that didn't, that weren't about drinking alcohol. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That That's, yeah. Well, and you're such a community person, Judy. So I love how you found these communities. Is your, mm-hmm. Because, you know, Shelly, Rebecca and I, Rebecca's getting to a point where she doesn't drink at all, but Shelly and I, like, we have an occasional drink. So there uh-huh. may be a point where we both cut it cold turkey, and then that's when I think <laughs> you'll feel the next level of wave of, like, what else do I need to feel here? So yeah. thank you, Judy, for being the example of what's possible. Oh, awesome. you're sure welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, Shelly, let's hear you. Tell us what life is like on the other side. Oh, it's just, it just feels so empowering. Um, and yeah, I just have so much more energy. Like I got up this morning before six and was like ready to work, got straight to work, got so much done. <laughs> I was just awake. I don't even know. Um, there's no way I could have done that with a, a alcohol headache, you know? Um, and just, I've been very open to about this with my two teenage daughters. One is about to go to college. Um, and I think that them seeing what I was trying to do and how much better I felt. I think that really opened their eyes. Hopefully it did. (laughs) Um, And so just, yeah, just being a good role model for them um, means a lot. So yes, it, it was easy to just stop, but like you said, it was because I had gone through the coaching and was more aware of why I was drinking. Um, and it just made such a big difference. Yeah. And I want to say this about you, Shelly, because what I find is that a lot of people who drink they're they're like really big achievers and they work a lot. And so they can be, um, using alcohol as a way to like de-stress and unwind. And you are definitely that person, right? Like you, you and I, (laughs) when we coached together, it was all about like, Shelly, you're working yourself to death. Yeah, (laughs) you gotta tone it down, girl. And so the alcohol was like a way for you to just kind of relax and mellow out. And I know it's the same for me. I even see this with my husband. And so um, sometimes it's not necessarily to escape feelings per se that we see on the surface, but just like to take one distraction of maybe the overworking and replace it with something else to balance it out. Do you see what I'm saying there? Mm -hmm. Definitely. You relate to that? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And, or just any other distraction, you know, you don't, you want to be careful not to replace the drinking with another distraction or vice versa. Yeah. And two, it just shows that we don't need, um, what do I want to say there? Like we don't need 
we think it's the alcohol may be the problem or something else, but sometimes it's just like, we're out of balance, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the coaching helps. Yeah. For sure. Because once we started cutting your work hours and of course dealing with the feelings and all that, but then it was just like, oh, I don't need the alcohol anymore. Yeah. So it was so much easier. There's no way I could have done that before the coaching. Yeah. And then it just kind of snowballed into, like we said earlier, the weight loss thing, which was what your big goal was. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how you would have had to lose that weight and then still resist the alcohol. I mean, that would have been yeah. so much harder, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, I can still drink that. I'll just eat less. <laughs> yeah. And so now you're at a place, kind of tell them where your career was before and after Shelly. And I know you've been on the podcast alone, but just tell them kind <laughs> of a synopsis because you changed a lot in a year career-wise. I did. Well, yeah, I was working full-time, you know, regular nine to five job um, and had this big goal um, working with you. I wanted to be a virtual assistant and work from home and be my own boss. And when I first met you, I told you I want to do it six months. You were just like, um, okay, we'll work towards that. Um, but I ended up doing it. So last October, I quit the nine to five and I've been working for myself ever since. Um, and just still trying to, to up level and reach those new goals. And that, that's what I was referring to is um, I use it as a distraction to keep myself from feeling because I was scared. Um, I let that fear hold me back a lot from up level in my career. So, and now I'm just learning to lean into that fear and do it anyway. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Shelly. Welcome. All right. So we're at time. We, we try to cover as much as possible in this window of what we have. So hopefully you're leaving this interview inspired about these stories. And hopefully one of your biggest takeaways is just feel the feelings. <laughs> That's why we turn to things like alcohol is because we don't want to feel the things and feeling the feelings is uncomfortable. It's not always easy. It's so much easier to pick up a drink, but what happens is then we just stuff those down and they're still inside of us. So we think, you know, we're taking the edge off or, you know, we're just going to focus on fun and we don't want to focus on the other things, but those things still unfortunately live inside of us. And so it is just so much easier to deal with the feelings and in the long run. So again, I want to thank our guests today, Rebecca, Judy, Shelly, for being on the podcast, sharing their stories, being so vulnerable and sharing everything. And hopefully this episode inspired you to kind of look at the way your relationship with alcohol is and how it can change and open up so many things in your life. So thanks so much. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Judy, Rebecca, and Shelly. Each of them have included links in the show notes for you to go connect with them. Judy, as I mentioned earlier, is a coach of her own. So you can go check out her website and what she offers as well as her Facebook page and you can email her. Rebecca has a personal development blog that she's blooming into, which is so much fun. And you can go connect with her there or on her Instagram. And then Shelly too has a blog, which is so interesting. I swear not everybody who coaches with me goes out and has a blog or goes into coaching. It just happens to be that they were all on this episode. But she has a blog. She has provided her email, her Instagram, and her Facebook page. So go out there, go connect with them and ask them questions and get their feedback and follow along on their journey on their blog or on their social media. They are more than open to hearing from you and answering your questions and being a part of your journey. They're here to support you however 
you would like it. So that's all I have for you this week. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you again soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Become an Unstoppable Woman. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you get new episodes every Monday. And I'd love it if you left a review for the show too, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you want even more from the show, come join the conversation online in my community. Each week we break down the episode and you have a private space to ask your questions. To join, go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-E Preston.com forward slash community. And if you feel like you're really ready to change your life, let's work together in my coaching programs. I have a free assessment that's the first step to seeing if we're a good fit. Just go to lindsayepreston.com forward slash assessment to take it now. Thanks again for tuning into the show today. I'm so grateful you're here and I'll see you next time. But until we meet again, remember my friend, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.